I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Today we're talking nutrition. Mealtimes can often be tricky times. Children are notoriously fussy eaters. Mine are great procrastinators, not seeming to take the joy in eating that their parents do, which I find incredibly frustrating. Nowadays, there's a lot of noise around children's nutrition, allergies, intolerances, and the benefits of cutting out food groups. As parents, we all want the best for our children, but how do we know what the best is and how can we achieve that? So with me today, I've got my sister and co-founder, Dr. Kiara Hunt. Hello, Kiara. Hi. I've also got Georgie Soskin, a chef, and Joe Saunders, who's a nutritional therapist. Together, they're the authors of Cooking Them Healthy, a website packed full of supercharged recipes which children love. Welcome to The Parenthood, uh, both of you. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure. So let's start out talking about the importance of, of what we eat and what goes into us and how that affects us and how that can affect our children. What do we know about the impact of nutrition on, on humans, specifically children? Shall I? Yeah, you can. Shall, shall I start? Um, yes, yeah, so I, um, as a nutritional therapist, I see um, children, in, a lot of children in my practice, and I also have three children myself. So I get to see very often the impact that nutrition has um, on long-term health. And um, I can very easily see, um, with just a small few tweaks um, in a diet, how it can improve the health of a child. So most specifically, I think um, blood sugar balance in children, it's something that we're all familiar with um, after a birthday party, <laughs> the very um, direct impact of sugar and, and artificial preservatives um, and things like that and how it can affect the mood of a child. Um, and if you think how, how that's further impacting the rest of their body. so um, And their behavior and their relationships. And, absolutely. Yeah. So um, blood sugar balance is probably the, the sort of fundamentals of, of what I do um, by ensuring they have protein good quality protein at every meal um, rather than just carbs which children tend to make a beeline for um, protein is, is of course very important for growth and repair um, in young bodies and also for neurotransmitter production which is our brain chemical messages um, so again for helping to regulate mood um, and keep our energy levels stable so you can really notice on a day-to-day -day basis putting the right building blocks in a meal um, can make a big difference and focusing on um, complex carbohydrates um, again with every meal which helps um, help stabilize the blood glucose levels as well but also to keep children's energy levels more stable um, and healthy fats as well which are all really important so the trio together um, try and combine them in every meal and snack where possible um, healthy fats particularly for um, 
healthy cognitive function and will help learning and concentration. Um, yeah, those are, those are those are the things, the sort of three main main guys. Um, so most people sort of hear protein, they think, oh, that means I've got to have meat or fish or mm. something in every in every meal. But that's not the case, is it? No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, obviously, the lovely sources of protein are um, meat and fish, but you can easily get. Um, plenty of protein from vegetable sources things like lentils and pulses eggs are one of my favorites um because they're nature's fast food in my opinion really versatile and if your child doesn't like eggs um as they are you can easily hide them in pancakes um and muffins and things like that um really quick easy source of protein um even boiling up some um some eggs at the beginning of the week and keeping them in the fridge um for lunch boxes is a really nice thing to do um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a meat source, definitely not. Actually, I tell you, I, I discovered seaweed instead of salt because my mm. daughter likes to have a little bit of seasoning on her eggs. And actually, mm. seaweed is a good source of, is it protein? Iodine. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of beneficial, and she loves the idea that she can put it on herself. Brilliant, <laughs> yes. Well, children love that. They love having a bit of control about what they're doing. So mm. um, I find that really helpful if you give them a, a bowl of things, um, you know, to, to add um, add to porridge, adding nuts and seeds to porridge and things like that's a really good way to boost the protein content. And also, we um, could do things like um, sometimes do like fried rice, things like that. So you might have your rice, but you might have an egg thrown in there and peas, sweet corn, red pepper, and then we, I always do like a bowl of um, crispy onions or seeds, cashews. They love it. Yeah, they love adding their own their own bits and bobs. So it's a way of boosting um, sort of classic meals. That's a great idea. Mm. I mean, we all fall off the wagon at some stage, don't we? I think all four of us sitting around here. I mean, we're recording this in September. My children have had a lot of ice cream over the summer. And I am usually quite mindful about what they eat. But that's okay, isn't it? You know, it's not like you have to sort of commit. And if you fall off, it's all negated. Absolutely. And I I think it's really important that um, summer is, is exactly that. It's an enjoyable, long holiday. Everyone gets a chance to relax. The pressure is off in terms of school runs, um, time off work. And absolutely enjoy it and kick back. And children tend to have a massive growth spurt over the summer mm. as well from all that lovely vitamin D and, and lots of lots of running sure. around. Um, and, it, you know, as a result, we're going to relax our food choices. And I think that's totally fine. Um, but having said that, September being back to school, new term, it's a perfect time to focus on a bit, bit of immune boosting as we head into the the colder, darker winter months. Mm. Yeah, so I'll certainly be seeing lots of coughs and colds and flus and things in the next few months of my yeah. surgery. And, and pe- uh, patients are always asking me, you know, what can I do? I don't want to mm. go down the medication route yet because they're not that ill. Um, what, what sort of things can you can you te- you know tell us about what they can eat or take to help boost their immunity? Well, even preventative, presumably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, immune boosting was one of our um, one of our sort of original. Um, Topics. Yeah, topics for starting cooking them healthy because we um, we had a, Georgie and I had a conversation. Yeah, I, I rang up Joe um, complaining about my eldest son constantly getting coughs and colds, and um, I just felt I wanted to have be able to do something myself. So rang her up and asked for the top things that she could tell me to help support him. Um, so she reeled up a list of like vegetables and things like that, but also things like bone broths and stocks and things, which you know is quite nurturing and nice to make. So I just started filling up our our freezer with better things, um, which was, as I said, very empowering. It made me feel like I was doing something. So taking what, bone home. broth, what's that? I mean, that sounds very complicated. No, no, not <laughs> at all. Um, so it literally would be uh, chicken carcass left over from a Sunday roast, um, putting it into a big pan, covering it with some cold water, um, and then throwing in some, like a, uh, an onion, a carrot, celery, if you have thyme, um, a bay leaf, um, and maybe some peppercorns, and bring it up to the boil, down to a simmer, let that 
simmer away for a couple of hours and then you've got a bone broth and then all the nutrients from inside those bones will be going into that the wateriness that you've made that broth and you can use that in risottos you can use that I cook most of a lot of our rice I cook um mm. in that just normally like it would be water um add to soups into soups. soups yeah loads and loads of things and um it's very nourishing um it's very soothing to drink very mm. nourishing for the gut and it's got a really good protein profile amino acid profile so it's actually a really good thing to eat when a child's not feeling brilliant and presumably you can do that you get quite a lot of it from a bone from a Absolutely. chicken carcass and then you just oh, put yeah. in the freezer and it frees really well and no. that doesn't destroy the nutrient no benefit. not at all freezing is brilliant and often if you don't have time if you've had a sunny roast and you can't be bothered to you know do a stock straight away or a bone broth i just get the whole carcass and put that into the freezer and then when i have got time i just take the carcass out and do it when i've yep. got the time that's a good idea. And do you use the vegetables that you've put in there, or do they, uh, as in... I do, actually, because I always think that they're all kind of saturated and full of all that niceness, and they're quite mushy. So it's kind of easy, if you have got a bad tummy or they're mm. feeling run down, it's quite easy to just take in. But I might throw in some you know, frozen, frozen peas and sweet corn to top it up. Or you know, if you want to make more of an Asian twist, put some gar- um, ginger in there to infuse and things like that. Which, which yeah, ginger nice. and, and garlic um, are really amazing natural antimicrobials. So we use them um, as much as possible in our cooking. Mm. Um, also things like honey. Um, that's got a really nice um, antimicrobial activity as well. Does it have to be fresh or can it be the, the stuff you get in a jar? They're absolutely fine. Ginger if you can, um, If you can, fresh is always better. Mm. Um, but I know it's, you've got to do, do what you can. Um, mm. And if you can source local honey, um, even better. And I know there's lots of people in London who have their own hives. So. And why is local honey better? Because the bees are um, eating the, the flowers local to you. So um, it can be really helpful for reducing hay fever symptoms and, and things like that. Um, so just, yeah, if you first sign of a sore throat, a nice teaspoon of honey, um, just as it is, or in some warm water with some lemon, that's a really nice thing you can do. Good. I, I, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, so you can probably hear. And you both said earlier when we were chatting that uh, elderberry you mentioned. Yes. Is there, are there any studies behind that? Or? Yes, there is. There's, it's actually really well studied, um, particularly for um, preventing the flu virus, eliminating the flu virus. So it's, um, it's a brilliant antiviral. Um, and it's also very soothing um, for the for respiratory throat. system, for the throat. And um, there's some really nice combinations that you can get that are mixed with other um, respiratory goodies like black pepper and thyme. Yeah. Um, and it comes as a syrup, does it? Like as a cough syrup? Yes, it comes as a syrup. So you can, um, you can take it preventatively, um, a lot, much like vitamin D, you'd take it sort of from October to April, and then you'd probably up the dose um, when you need to, um, at the first sign of a cough or a cold. Um, but I have used it um, in clinic for lots of you know, viral um, viral things and it tends to really help what other what other types of things might you use it for um things like molluscum that's really slow to go mm-hmm. um chicken pox yeah um when the immune system really needs a bit of a boost it's yeah. very high in vitamin c isn't it yeah very high in vitamin c and um, polyphenols from the elderberries and you can make it yourself we do have we do mm-hmm. actually have a recipe for it but i understand it's not practical for, for <laughs> everyone really. but it is quite a fun a fun thing to do um, yeah. elderberries i'm presuming are the berries from the elderflower plant. Yes, plant. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and they're all they're um, on the trees now. You know, nature's very clever, providing mm. us what we need now. So um, in, in September, in the autumn, they come. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can pick the berries and, and boil them down um, as they are, and then bottle them with some honey. And it's a great thing to have in the fridge. Yeah. 
your own natural cough syrup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get the children out and about collecting other berries <laughs> yeah, they too. Love it. They, they do love getting too. involved. They <laughs> love getting involved in that. So on on sort of um, sort of supplements, I suppose, mm. vitamins and minerals. It's a question I'm constantly asked by mm. patients who say to me, you know, "Is there any benefit in taking vitamins and minerals or giving them to my children?" Um, and generally, my answer is obviously younger children need um, vitamin D yep. supplements, and actually through the winter in England, most of us do. Yeah. Uh, but um, but as long as you're eating well and healthily and varied diet, mm. you probably don't need any other mm. multivitamin because um, they, they you know you should be getting it anyway in your diet. But and it's better, isn't it, to get vitamins from your diet as opposed to from a pill? Yes, always. Yeah. In you know, f- um, a vitamin in its food state is always going to be preferable. Um, it's, it's also in very small quantities in the supplements yes. you get. That- so it's like most. Um, nutrition questions it, there's no, you know, no easy answer but I would say that um, if a child is eating a, a really good broad diet with lots of varieties certainly lots of um, lots of vegetables and some fruit um, you shouldn't need to worry necessarily um, and probably you know it's the profile of children that I see do tend to need a bit of help um, in certain areas um, typically a lot of them are very fussy eaters so they may be lacking in, in certain nutrients um, so it is a sort of case by case basis and that takes time doesn't it I mean I have patients who are, fat, who are fussy eaters whose parents just say well I won't worry about the food so I'll just give them multivitamins instead yes. and that's not the answer no I would always encourage doing what you can through food first I mean that's what we're, to- what's what we're totally about mm. um, so guessing, yeah, get, certainly getting those building blocks in initially um, and then worrying about the, the vitamins and minerals but as you say you know, a multivitamin is only going to have very very small quantities um, of, of the nutrients in it by the nature of the fact it's a very small capsule and they're, they're putting lots in so it certainly wouldn't be it might be something of an insurance policy but it wouldn't be the answer and if your child's sick or yeah yeah but but food first i think oh, what about what about probiotics i mean i i advise my patients to have them if i'm giving them antibiotics or if there are other reasons but there are as we know lots of natural probiotics mm. in food groups and we don't have to go to the pharmacy and buy an expensive packet yeah. of pills and um, it's really lovely to hear that um and it's something i am seeing increasingly doctors recommending probiotics which is fab because um, as we know antibiotics are um life-saving potentially but they do have an impact on the gut so um well the reason for that is because they're killing the bacteria yes, that are causing the illness they're not, but they're also killing yeah, the good bacteria yeah, they're non-selective so yeah. they wipe out the good guys as well which we need um mm. to support our immune system mm. Um, so I would also recommend probiotics in certain cases, particularly after taking antibiotics, but we also um, love our fermented foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and Georgie is a fantastic fermenter. <laughs> she has a whole kitchen full of bubbling things. Yeah, yeah. so you I mean, yeah, we, I have a lot of sourdough, um, they're called starters at home, which is uh, basically a mixture of, of water and flour that's been left out in a completely normal environment and it catches the, the wild yeast in the environment and that is what you, you, makes the bread that's uh, what rise. starts the fermenting process mm. yeah, yeah. Um, so and that's sourdough bread that's sourdough mm. bread so that's a type of natural yeah it's a fermented food it's fermented yeah. food um, and then we also make kombucha, which is a fermented tea drink, which sounds a lot worse than it is, um, and it, it doesn't taste too bad. Well, Georgie and Joe actually brought some along. Kira and I had never tasted it. It's, it's very good. <laughs> it tastes yeah. a bit like cider. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It does. A lot yeah. of people say well, that. Cider, of course, is a fermented food. Exactly. 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 <laughs> it, is, it does. It tastes. It does taste good. Um, and we also do, um, we talk about kefirs, and we make homemade kefirs again through so using kefirs these. Kefirs are yogurt. It's a fermented milk drink. 
Yeah, mm. it's, it originates in Eastern Europe. So most cultures have their own version of fermented foods. Yeah. Um, and kefir, we find, is it's it's much like yogurt, really. Um, so it's probably one of the easier ones to, to give to children because mm. you can mix it in smoothies. My children are crazy enough to drink it. Mm. Um, Straight. That's like quite it. something because have you tried kefir? I've never tried it's, it. It's quite full on. I mean, it's yes. quite a taste. I, I remember taking it. it I mean, it yeah. tastes a bit like sort of... Milk, milk? Yes. slightly fizzy, yeah. slightly, slightly fizzy milk. Slightly so, but in a smoothie with some banana and some berries, you wouldn't you would notice never it. Know. Yeah, um, and you can also make dressings, salad dressings, and things with it, um, and put it on, on curries and marinade. It's a brilliant marin- um, marinade. Marinade, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, my advice would be to try and get as many fermented foods into your diet as possible. Um, Are real... there any that you can sort of buy? Because I mean, it's yes. all like of those. Quite a lot all of, of those work. you can buy. <laughs> yes. So you know, the the kefir you can definitely buy um, in your any any shop. Um, and Most all supermarkets now, I think. Um, miso pastes and things like that. Miso pastes are very miso, good. Yeah. Tempeh. Um, and miso pastes can be delicious just with um, a little bit of sweetness in, like some maple and marinate that on your salmon, for example, is delicious. Does miso soup have miso paste in? Yes. yes. So is that. You know, count. Yep, that counts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And variety, like all things, um, all aspects of nutrition, variety is key. So if you can try and get a mixture of all the different fermented foods, which isn't difficult. So if you're having some um, kefir in your smoothie and then you have um, salad for lunch with a spoonful of kimchi, which is Korean fermented cabbage, again... Which you can actually get anywhere now. Yeah. yeah. Most of the supermarkets yeah. will stop. Yeah. yeah. Um, so these... But, are, but even it, in this, it all sounds quite complicated and mm. quite sort of foreign. I mean, even simple, natural live yogurt yeah. has Absolutely, got fantastic yeah. um, sort of natural Absolutely. bacteria in it that will be great for gut, gut yeah, health. Yeah, really, really good quality um, live natural yogurt without any added sugar. Um, it's a really delicious, healthy food. So, yeah, that would be a great way to start. Um, Talking back to the sort of impact of of diet on sort of general well-being, Mm. we obviously talked about sort of nutritional sort of health in terms of energy. How about behaviour? Do you see children coming in with concentration issues, behavioural issues, aggression issues, whatever it is, um, and an impact, a positive impact on Mm. them from what they're eating or improving their diet yes absolutely um i mean again the profile of children that i see uh, tend to have um some sort of anxiety or behavioral problems um or you know learning difficulties and um it's it's an area that we see makes a massive difference so i would say that um at the very basics getting the blood sugar balancing right um like i mentioned previously but also focusing on essential fats so um omega-3 specifically which is I'd say without question the most well-researched um, yeah. nutrient for um, cognitive function. Um, boosting omega-3 um, in children, it would be a... So practically, how can you do that? Yeah, well, again, um, the best the best source of omega-3 is oily fish. So it would be salmon, mackerel, sardines, pilchards. Possibly not every child's um, <laughs> <Yeah>. favourite food. <laughs> Pilchards, maybe not. Um, so we, we have some great recipes of easier ways to get um, to get those oily fish in. Things like salmon, teriyaki salmon skewers and, and, and things fish like cakes. that. And fish cakes. Um, Does it, it come, you can get it through other sources, not just mm-hmm. fish. Yeah, you can. You can um, absolutely. Flaxseed and chia seeds are a really good source of omega-3. Which you can sprinkle on cereal, any yeah, cereal. And yeah. um, you add, adding flax seeds to pancakes and um, muffins is a really good way. And adding it to porridge, um, again, great. Um, but I, it's one thing that um, I probably recommend as a supplement most frequently um, because children who um, are in need would need 
you know, um, quite, a lot of quite a lot of it, and they're likely to be the fussier eaters, so they would benefit from from a supplement. And you can get um, you can get ones now that don't taste fishy, and um, if needs be, can be uh, mixed with a bit of smoothie and 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 taken. Is there one easily. you recommend particularly that um, is good? Yeah, I mean, there's there is um, there's some really good ones on the market. I really like Bear Biology. I like their range um, because they also have um, a, a pregnancy. Um, mm. Um, omega-3 supplement which has got the right balance of EPA and DHA specifically required for pregnancy so they have yeah and then they, again they have um, they have their superhero which is for children and then it, it changes again when you hit um, teens because again the, the profile of fatty acids yeah. the needs are different so I think theirs is really good but there are some really great ones on the market now gone are the days I think of the scary fishy tasting yeah. oil yeah. Um, <laughs> thankfully yeah I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and what about if you're sitting here listening to the thinking you know my children are pretty healthy which I kind of I'm lucky enough to fall mm. into that category I mean we eat relatively healthy at home I, I, I enjoy sort of a healthy balanced diet but they definitely had fish fingers quite a lot not even fish fingers chicken nuggets even worse <laughs> over the holidays Sausages, um yeah. exactly mm. all those those things that probably aren't the best mm. um is is it worth you know reviewing what you're giving your children if you fall into that category what are the benefits of doing well, that I mean, even though they're well and you know there aren't any specific concerns would they would you know if i suddenly thought well let's think about a bit more about what they're eating would i sort of notice the benefits i think I, again i think it very much depends um i think um it's great if they're already healthy obviously that's that's fab um they may you may find that when they go through um a bit more of a challenging time if they're going through a growth spurt or if they have a bit more of a tricky time at school um any exams um they would benefit from a boost in their nutrition um but you know it's um it's obviously something that you can do as a family is try and you know try and be as healthy and keep them like that you know it's wonderful to hear that because because obviously in the work that I do I I sadly rarely see people who come in saying I feel great and I just want to stay like this um so, so it's really lovely I to did hear not that. mean to sound smug I <laughs> no, have to no, it's, wonderful. it's lovely no it's lovely to hear that and yeah and I just think yeah keep doing what you're doing and I think well, and it's, also you're setting them up for life aren't you absolutely. and it's all about educating children absolutely. to know to know from childhood what yeah. healthy eating pattern is yeah and I think once you once you reach a certain age um you know they really do start to understand and they like taking some responsibility as well um so you can have that those conversations about what they're doing you know my son he's he's really into his sport and I can really um engage him talking about nutrition and sport and exactly setting them up for long-term health um you know we see you know the the um foundations are set down for health you know very early on 
and um, you know chronic disease um, is certainly linked to patterns in childhood so it's definitely worth putting the time and effort in yeah. earlier on and actually even already in pregnancy I yeah, mean absolutely. I was listening to a fascinating study a while ago on Radio 4 where they were looking at a population of a whole country that was having a famine and because mm. the records were kept so scrupulously they were noticing the impact on the babies, on the children, and then as they went into middle age, and even then on the following generation, and there were wow. higher incidences yeah. of long-term health issues, yeah. cancer, uh, obesity, all these things mm. that they could link to this period of, it was extreme starvation, yeah. but yeah. it just shows, you know, in the uterus, where, mm. you know, how already that those building blocks are started. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we're, you know, learning more all the time about the importance of our, um, to go back to gut health, gut microbiome in, in pregnancy and, and, and beforehand. And I, I learned something fascinating the other day that um, cells from our gut move into our breast tissue in the later stages of pregnancy to um, set us up to move the, ba um, the bacteria into the baby through breastfeeding. Um, so I mean there is so much that we're, we're learning about all the time and there's, so there's lots you can do you know very early on. Um, and it's never too late either though no, is it? No absolutely not and mm. you know children are brilliant they're very they're very generally very resilient they bounce back quite quickly with 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 some tweaks so there's always things you can do don't feel that oh I've done nothing up till now there's no point no point bothering because there's always but as I always I was going to say that I, I, I generally think that as a parent you kind of get to know the school school year quite well and I often think around this time of year September time it's I try and do a bit of an immune boost for them. So, you know, with the elderberry syrups, maybe some probiotics thrown in a smoothie, just around this time of year to help them go back into school, transition well from a really lazy, you know, over mm. ice cream time. Winter's normally you hunger down, you're eating heavier food. It's you know, important to really think about what's going in and, you know, staying cosy and snug at home. And when you go through into the spring, often, that, you know, we, we find that illness really kicks up around that time. The kind of air changes. It, it, you, you want to do another bit of an immune boost around springtime, we find. Um, so you kind of look, you can kind of look at the year. Summer is normally quite a, quite a relaxed time for illness with children. They're normally outside. There's, there's mm. normally very little. But you, you kind of can see. I find when everyone comes out of their kind of hibernation from winter, Christmas time, and it goes February-ish time, it's often another... Round it's of... been a long, yeah, a long winter. Yeah, and I think something that forty-seven percent of us are deficient in vitamin D. So certainly in the, those spring months, we're mm. going to be be feeling it. And natural, in uh, dietary sources of vitamin D, obviously uh, there are lots of. Yes, uh, and it's in, yeah, know. they are. They are. I mean, definitely, without question, the best source of vitamin D is from the su sunshine. Yeah. Um, and we're just not able to get that um, in in this country between the months of October to April. But you can get vitamin D from mushrooms and some oily fish and milk. Um, milk is and a good source of fat soluble vitamins. Yeah. Um, so. And we're talking just cow's milk, whole cow's milk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and eggs are a brilliant source of vitamin D. I mean, milk in itself is, is, a very, is very nutritious for... I mean, there's a whole debate about milk, yes. um, generally speaking, you know, one of the most contentious drinks mm, worldwide. Yes. But, um, but, but certainly, nutritionally, it's fantastic, if, it, as long as then, you know, your child tolerates it. Yeah, absolutely. Tolerate, I mean, I'm sure... you know, most people do. You're, um, you know, I think the rate of um, cow's milk protein allergy is only 2 to 5% absolutely. Of, of babies, so it's very small. I mean, I do see children with some level of lactose intolerance yeah. Usually it's because they've got a disruption in, in their gut going on. Some well, usually it's pathogen. transient, isn't it? They've had yes. an infection and they're transient. They have a short period of time, lactose yes. intolerance. It's very rare to get small babies with la proper yes. lactose intolerance. Exactly. It's, it's something I find that tends to um, appear a bit later on in but childhood. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, it usually appears around the te late teens, early 20s. Yeah. 
um, and actually pretty common among adults, yes. uh, especially Asian and Afro-Caribbean. Yeah, absolutely. He just can't can't break down the um, the lactose. Yeah. But um, you know, for those who can tolerate it, indeed, it is a very healthy food. It's um, I'd always recommend opting for organic um, milk where you can. Um, but it is a good source of vitamin A, D, E, and K, which okay. are all fat soluble vitamins, and you need the fat in the milk, hence the whole milk, to absorb those nutrients. Um, so you need to whole milk as opposed yes. to semi skimmed yes. milk. Yeah, I would always recommend that. I'd, I'd, it, where possible, my general advice would be to keep it as, as nature intended it for it to be. Fat is not a bad so my, uh, thing. I often have you know, children who, are, who are, don't like milk, don't mm. want to eat yogurt, don't want to eat, drink milk. And any tips of how to get milk and the goodness of milk into cooking or into children if they don't like the taste of it? Smoothies would yeah, be quite good. Smoothies are a great place to start. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could mix sort of half milk, half kefir with a banana and, and mm. frozen berries. We um, will chat a bit about our love for our freezers, but mm. frozen berries are something that we always have in our freezer. Mm. Um, they're brilliant for making smoothies. Um, mm. So that would be a that would be a nice thing to try. Yeah. Initially. <laughs> In terms of practicality of sort of mm. eating uh, a little bit more healthy, I mean, I think a lot of mothers are kind of run off their feet mm. anyway and think, oh, God, you know, totally rethinking how I feed my children and having not to buy the bird's eye anymore mm. is going to be really difficult. Um, but it's not as difficult as it might seem. Presumably half the point of the Kicking Them Healthy website is to t- show people what is healthy, what is good eating, but also how to achieve it practically so that you're not yeah. spending your Yeah, I mean, we, we hope to inspire people. I mean, we all find, all of us have our own ruts and we all have our own, you know, things that we instinctively cook, which we then get quite bored of. So we definitely hope to inspire a bit. Yeah. But um, it doesn't have to be impossible. It's, it's definite. I think it's just a little bit of preparation. Um, freezers are amazing. We do, I do freeze a lot of, uh, of, our, of my mm. food. I'm doing things in batches. Um, so when you say preparation, do you sort of have a sort of cooking morning once a week or what, sometimes? What do you mean I by mean, that? really, when when I might have a gap, which doesn't, you know, can, like all of us, isn't that often. I would do a bit of a batch cook. So yeah, ideally it'd be once a week. Um, then you can build your freezer up, if you see what I mean. Um, so so double, you're in double quantities, double, so you at make, least double. Yeah. yeah, make something for the freezer where you can when you're buying the ingredients. Yeah, so you can have you know a well-stocked freezer. You know that you've got really good staples in your store cupboard. Um, you know, I mean, I often freeze things like rice, um, just so I can have that to hand. People so always worry. You've made worry. yourself, so I, mm. and just, then you just, just freeze Yeah, just you know, as I say, you can chicken freeze carcasses. everything, can't you? Yeah, oh. I mean, eggs aren't brilliant at freezing. To be honest, they never come out the same consistency. Um, but yeah, being organised with your freeze is definitely going to help you. Having mm. a good store cupboard really does help you too. You can sort of chop vegetables and then freezing them. Absolutely, works quite yeah, well. absolutely. And you can onions. buy them yep. most of the time done done for you, so you don't even have to do it yourself. Um, herbs you can freeze yep. yeah Spicy. absolutely yeah um, so yeah I think yes if you can find a little bit of time to, to do that so it doesn't have to be fresh from scratch every day because you know often you feel that you're just literally living in the kitchen mm. um, which can be quite exhausting um, and also having a good repertoire that you know and you know that you find quite easy to do so a lot of problems with people generally in the kitchen and why mothers don't like it so much is because they don't have the confidence and if you know that your kids like various dishes you know, keep on doing that and just try and find a few of inspiring mm. things every so often most of the recipes in fact i say all of the recipes that we do are targeted at the family so it's not just having to make one meal yeah. for just the kids because um, actually then you're in the, in the kitchen doubly as long and it's exhausting um, so yeah, I think just being a little bit organized, taking the pressure off yourself because, you know, we all have, you know, crazy days and things like that. You just and, you need know, to do, do what you can do. Do what you can yeah. do. And also... Like defrosting. So, you know, if you freeze in sort of portion size pots, you can 
pop in the microwave and defrost mm. it. I, I know some people have views about microwaves mm. and whether those um, might yeah. damage the nutri- nutrition, nutrient nutrition. content of food. Mm. Uh, but obviously, it's much more practical. And yes, I don't, it can I be definitely. Um, I, I used to have a harm. microwave when, before yeah. we before we moved, and it was like I, I totally relied on it. And now I don't have one. Um, it's just a little bit more organisation, I guess. I mean, I would just basically take something out the night before. You know, if I would slightly think about what I might feed them the day before and take it out. But otherwise, yeah, I shove it in the microwave and, you know... You know yeah, if, you, if you're going to be eating a, a frozen meal that you've cooked from scratch and it means cooking it in the microwave, I'd always recommend that than, yeah. than opting for a ready meal instead. Yeah. Um, definitely. And even if it's just things like, you know, reducing the sugar content and the mm. salt content, because those are two things that we become habituated yep. mm. in terms of our taste. You know, it's really interesting. I remember so well having sugar in my tea when I was little. And yeah. then one day I decided I wasn't going to have it. And then another day I put some milk from my son's cereal in my tea, just thought I'd save. And <laughs> there was obviously a bit of sugar from the yeah. cereal. And I could not drink that tea. Yeah. It oh, was wow. amazing how quickly you become you do. used and also, to... And when you look for a recipe book, I was... You know, when we started doing cooking with Matthew, I I was amazed at how much sugar people put into baked goods. Mm. Um, you really don't need anywhere near as much sugar as most of the cakes well, all the that are out there. That, you know, they do. They are, you know, of yeah, yeah. cut full the cup. Yeah, it will taste very sweet. But yes. we, you know, yeah, it's to do with your kind of levels of sweetness. It's amazing how they they, they come down relatively quickly. Um, but you can have really, you know, as a child, we used to have like condensed milk squeezy tubes. My mum, you know, it's very French. My father used to kind of bring us as, as a treat, and that's. It's overwhelmingly sweet, but at the time sweet, I was yeah. like, oh, it's great. Well, I remember going to visit our grandparents and our treat was to get a sugar cube dipped in coffee and that would be our treat. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we survived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, and your teeth survived, obviously, yeah. so that's good. Um, yeah, we haven't um, seen them that often. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, yeah, we always try and reduce the um, sugar content and we'll, um, we use a lot of fruit in our recipes and mashed bananas and apples and pears. Um, so you're boosting the nutrient intake and fibre and reducing the sugar and Georgie quite often will she'll keep retesting a recipe and say I'm just going to try it with a bit less sugar I think we can get away with less less, Um, and I would you know like most things particularly with children don't do anything really rash you know you're just going to send everyone into a blind panic but gradually reducing um, Mm. the sugar and you then will start to find things do just taste a bit too too much um, and that's the thing so going back to your summer holiday you'll find that your sugar levels have just gone up you just need to start lowering them down again and that mm. can be things like if you're going to make a pudding do a crumble with all that lovely fresh fruit there is out right now mm. but just doesn't need anywhere near as much sugar and it's it, they it's won't even bash anyway yeah exactly yeah, and, and, and if you use um eating apples rather than cooking apples which traditionally a crumble would be you won't have to sweeten them with with sugar yeah um you know and stewed apples is a is a fab thing for ch- children to eat um mm. And also they enjoy making it. I mean, the other weekend we went down to the country and picked some apples and I gave the children knives to cut it with. Mm. And then we had an amazing weekend. Mm. I said, what was your favourite part of the weekend? (laughs) Cutting the apples. Yes, so my son has a brilliant knife. Um, I'll try and find the name if anyone's interested, but it's safe for children to use. It's serrated, but it's quite blunt. So Mm. he has to saw away a bit, um, but he loves using it. Mm. Any opportunity. Um, And he's not, you know... particularly interested in cooking but the chopping 
it's fine. and he'll always be more interested in eating the food if he's involved. And he's what six? He's six, nearly six, seven. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's absolutely get them involved where you can. I mean, I know Georgie's children um, are constantly on the on the work surfaces getting mixed. My middle one loves making bread, and it, and he, you know, we have a little story about how he, the, what the whole process is behind it. But um, you know, it, yeah, anything, picking fruit, going to get blackberries, anything mm. seasonal, especially because yeah. they, they love it. And getting tomatoes. I can see you growing tomatoes here. I mean, I'm sure they enjoy picking the tomatoes. And Absolutely. They just eat them like like sweets. Mm. And I think you know to keep you know to to not make that break too quickly. So for example, you know we're trying to get out of the processed cereals and into mm-hmm. something a little bit more whole and healthy. Um, but actually, I did put a little bit of honey on a cereal the other day mm-hmm. because I thought I'd rather my son eat that. Oh, yeah, you definitely. know, lovely seedy nutty cereal that has no sugar in, yeah. than just not eat it at all yeah. and stick to the. Well, yeah, and there's nothing worse than cooking an entire meal and your children going, you don't like it. And if if a little bit of say ketchup or something is going to make all the difference, then uh, I'm you know pick your battle. But and I'd there rather... are some better ketchups out there as well, mm, which yeah. have have less sugar. And there is one um, particularly that's sweetened just with apples, actually rather than but for some children that will be too much of a departure mm-hmm. um, making gradual changes like you said is, is definitely the way forward and give them some kind of control in it as well so they feel that um, they're having a bit of a say in it I enjoy looking through websites and recipe books with my son um, and he tells me what he'd like me to cook so I'll try my aim is one new thing a week but realistically it doesn't mm. doesn't happen but he loves looking through our website and saying oh that looks good and that looks good and and you know which changes with the seasons as well so you can because I think that's going to be the problem most people listening to this podcast are mm. going to think well this is great I'm really inspired I'm <laughs> going to get I'm going to you know go out and stop my cupboard and my freezer and have all these amazing things to give my children and the children are going to resist mm. it yeah and you know in a few in a month you'll be back to where you were well that's I mean ultimately what ultimately what you've got to try and do which is one of the hardest things of all is is changing little habits Mm -hmm. um and if you can focus on which ones you want to change you you might find you know that you that you'll be able to stick at them um uh, as I said I do think freezing does make a big difference like the other day my daughter's very she's being quite fussy generally um and I'm not really wanting to have too many dairy things at the moment because it's not her skin's flaring up a bit um so she's got to be slightly different to the others which is a pain so I've done a whole batch of of our pancakes for her Mm. and I just take one out every morning defrost it and and she has that um yeah so it's trying yeah trying to kind of well we we know you know we know that children love things like pancakes and smoothies so we sort of work with that and try and boost them and make them make them as nutritious as possible and the, the pancakes we do are brilliant they, they like Georgie said they freeze brilliantly you can just toast them in the morning so that's mm. quite a good breakfast option and um, also on our website we have our um are they sort of buttermilk pancakes or how, how do you they're not they're actually spelt flour you can use any flour you wanted to but mm. spelt's slightly better to, to, to easier to digest and most like white flour um and so it's less processed ultimately so it's better a little bit better for you at their tummies um so it's a white spelt and you can, you can use various different uh, fillings but i grate uh what mash a banana put a couple of eggs in um maybe a bit of cinnamon and a little bit of baking powder mix it all up and then fry in batches and they turn out to be this kind of american fluffy thick yeah. pancakes which kids normally like yeah well, they, and well, often I mean, also practically you can put those in the toaster well yeah. totally yeah. absolutely yeah. um and the other thing is is that people always go well don't we know that they're, they're great but you're going to want a load of maple syrup with them and yes to a certain extent you will want a sweetener i mean like, you know you don't want to take that moment away from a child but um we found that you just put a little bit yeah. on the end of a on the end of a knife or a spatula or whatever you might have and just rub it into the pancake yeah 
it, it's just just as good rather than literally creating a lake of maple yeah, syrup which, which is mm, not going to be good for anybody anyway. it's also very expensive yeah. maple syrup yeah. um the children don't know any different and they and they don't don't care that's absolutely fine for them but i was going to say in terms of trying to keep your inspiration up and um you know keeping your focus it's as I said, we always all have our ruts and we all go to our go to recipes. Um, we have a whole a, a page which is a, your kind of essential shopping basket, and in there is if you're going to forget, you know, everything that we're talking about, just try and remember a few of the things on the shopping basket. So there's broccoli, um, sweet potato, nuts, salmon, um, salmon or oily fish, um, eggs, berries. Oh, those are you know pretty normal staples but if you get those into your shopping basket every week you're giving your children and your family really really good boosted food I mean any vegetables are going to be good for you um you know most most things you're going to most people will be having in their diet will be great but if you can really focus on those ones particularly um, and I would recommend looking at it in the context of a week as well because mm. we all have bad days and busy days and we fall down and it doesn't go to plan um but look at it over the course of a week and you'll think actually i haven't done too badly or if you have had one of those weeks you know make up for it at the weekend and make sure you you know try and eat a meal together try and cook something that you feel is really nutritious um you know just just do what you can and take yeah take the pressure off and it doesn't need to be complicated as you know if you're you you can shove a sweet potato in the oven uh, you can make an omelette it doesn't need to be something that's taken an hour to make or be that expensive because no, of course no. a lot of the things mm. we've been talking about you know it sounds like it might be quite expensive to buy yeah. some of these things but it, no, absolutely and, um, and, sweet and that's why we have a lot of um recipes on our website that don't have meat because meat can be quite expensive um and um and, and we, we don't need it every day no we don't definitely all. don't need it every day and i think we you know we we have become very much stuck in that habit um generally so and um we we typically use ingredients that are easy to source you don't have to go and um, get it from any of you your know, local supermarkets yeah travel too too far and wide to, to get these ingredients so um, a well-stocked store cupboard um and and if you do online shopping which i know is a savior for many mothers um you can just do your you know your favorites and you have those you know you on, on repeat um, and actually, the, going back to the, the meat, the, the point about meat, we don't need it so often. I'd say that's one of the hardest things that most people find is is finding recipes that aren't meat because we know it's instinctively chicken of some description, yeah. sausages. Um, well, people think of protein as meat. Exactly, yes, you know, meat, spaghetti yes. bolognese, and you know, and they they're going to get protein every day at school. Before you know it, you're, they're having meat twice if you're coming home with it. So it's actually, yeah, we, we've got a few recipes on there that are meat-free. Uh, it could be quite difficult to, to think of them yeah. on your feet. And again, I would I would encourage you know, the small changes. So if you, if you are making those changes to more meat-free, you know, don't necessarily do it all at once. You can um, do half and half initially. You know, children do tend to panic when you make really big changes. They like familiarity and routine. So just, you know, slowly, slowly. Um, much like the fermented food, actually. I'll probably start with... With that, that slowly as well. Mm. There are children are notoriously fuss eaters, mm-hmm. and that I think is the thing that I struggle with. Yeah. My children have their repertoire of five things they eat, which is probably enough for them to subsist. But I also feel that it's one of my responsibilities as a mother mm-hmm. to introduce. I mean, I love eating. I love exploring new flavors, going out for dinner to new restaurants, and that kind of thing with my husband is one of the things that we love doing. And yeah. I feel that if we don't show them that and introduce them to that, mm. it's a real shame. How do you do that, though? Because my children are so resistant when it yeah. comes to sort of new flavours. And it's it's almost like that unless they love it as much as a chicken nugget, they're not mm. going to eat it. Yes. And it's really difficult for me to describe to them that, you know, they just need yeah. a bit a bit more But it can be yeah, quite, it, it can always be quite hit and miss. You know, you, you, you might find you're going to go to a restaurant that you think they're definitely going to love and then you get there and they don't like it. So you never really, you never really know. 
But uh, I think just your excitement and passion generally that is in you about being loving food, I think normally rubs off on children. And their palates do change. Sometimes Mm. they won't like something now and, you know, give it not very long. They will change. Think back to maybe what you ate at their age compared to what you eat now. My palate was very, you know, was not huge at that Mm. at a young age. I've learned a lot uh, through taste and, and not more the recent years. Um, so I wouldn't put too much pressure on as well because it's not nece- not always necessary. Well, it also makes then mealtimes a real battle, which, mm. I mean, half the point, I think, of a mealtime is sitting around as a family and having a conversation, yes. finding out each other's days and in a mm. lovely, yeah. relaxed, and if you're sort of constantly Confusing, shoving food yeah. down their faces. And no, saying, it becomes a battle. I mean, I think eating as a family is a really good way. You know, children definitely learn by example. Mm. So, you know, watching you doing what you do, you know, it's definitely going to be a great thing. And just consistency as well um i you know studies show that you need to introduce a um, new food to a child between 10 and 15 times Mm. many of us have given up before that third time we're like i I can't be bothered to try that anymore (laughs) so keep trying just a small amount and again it doesn't have to be a complete sea change it can just be a small amount just encourage them to have one mouthful and then go back to the familiar food that they like it's a long process and a slow process but just keep going keep going don't give up Mm. and think oh my child's never going to eat this um and I guess also engaging them in the conversation that we're having. That, yeah. you know, nutrition is really important. Yeah. This is not about filling their belly. And it doesn't matter whether it's chicken nuggets or quinoa. Mm. And making decisions themselves, yeah. I think, yeah. is really big. I mean, I remember having telling them when they were really little, actually, I'd made up this story that, you know, in food were fighters and fighters went into your body to fight all the yes, nasty lovely. bacteria. Mm. So it was a, a conversation that they could understand. And they understood that it was more than just filling their bellies up mm. and they did need to think about that and that's obviously age appropriate you're going to change mm. that yes. as they get older and you don't want them to get too obsessed mm. you know mm. there's definitely a sort of over healthily eating Absolutely. fad that becomes a bit more about control than anything else yeah. but an appreciation that we are what we eat and mm. actually there is quite a lot of truth in that yeah. and, mm. and you don't want things to become the forbidden fruit um you know either so i think you've got to be careful about but that's something i see a lot of you know when something is absolutely forbidden i see children growing up a few years later you know, yeah, they sign when they're three four five six absolutely. seven because they do what their parents say and then they get to get a bit of control in their life and they mm. walk to school and, yes. and they're the ones who are stuffing their face with haribo and, mm. and absolutely i mean for example i mean at a child's birthday party i mean yes initially i did find them quite difficult because <laughs> you know that's when all the you know scary foods um, come out and rightly so it's a birthday party but now I let them completely enjoy it and I'll just know to make sure um, that they're going to have a really good a good you know, tea that day mm. and also maybe give them a really good protein snack before you go to the party so they don't have that urge to stuff themselves, to stuff themselves. but talking about um, you know engaging children in the conversation I think it is really important and my son being at the age where he's losing his first teeth and it's quite a big deal for him it's all quite exciting these new teeth coming through so he's quite obsessed with going to the dentist and well that's how the conversation um about sugar came up and he just thinks i'm quite boring because i'm always <laughs> telling him not to eat sugar but we started talking about why and how important it is for these these new teeth and also um getting him to understand how much sugar is in certain foods and i'm going to be going into his school and and talking to the children about that and getting them to tell me how much they think is in each food and just yeah giving them some responsibility I think mm. it's really helpful rather than just no, no, no all the time, being the bad cop all the time because well, they just switch I off. I think we as parents are surprised often how much sugar is in food yes. and actually thinking about it and quantifying it makes us take a step back. Yes, and, and when you hear about it in grams, it doesn't necessarily conjure up a visual image. It's quite hard to picture that. So um, 
yeah, so looking at it in terms of you know sugar sugar cubes, I find quite helpful. A sugar cube is how many grams? It's it's one it's one teaspoon. So the recommendation um, in grams for children aged between four and seven, the new government guidelines is um, between nineteen and thirty grams of sugar a day. Which, like I said, for me doesn't mean a huge amount, but it's the equivalent of six teaspoons of sugar, so six sugar cubes. And just to put it into perspective, I mean apple juice, for example. Yeah, so um, apple juice, which you generally think is quite a wholesome wholesome drink, two hundred and fifty mils of that, which just, you know, like a carton. Yeah, mm. is um, that's um, six teaspoons of sugar, up to six teaspoons of sugar. And some fruit yogurts on the market, they can be up to four teaspoons of sugar. Um, so I think you need to be really, yeah, savvy. Yeah, and just start reading labels as well. Um, can be. Yeah, well, thinking about nice. it, because actually your child is probably just as happy eating eating a yogurt that doesn't have that much sugar yes. in. Or, or just having some. We, you know, we're a big fan of compots. Um, so having some natural, live natural yogurt, which we talked about earlier in terms of you know supporting gut health with some delicious fruit compote. Yeah. I mean, I this morning, even before I left and got the train, I managed to um, cook some frozen berries from the freezer and mix it with some chia seeds and a tiny bit of honey. And my children had that on porridge. Um, but there was no added sugar to that. Mm. Um, but they, they thought that was quite a treat. So, mm. Well, and apple juice, you know, you, could very, you can easily water it down. Absolutely, and I'd really recommend watering it down. Yeah. Don't don't really know. Actually, you often say that when you're, if you're wanting to check the back of a packet, um, the top three top three ingredients yeah. is, 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 is if sugar comes up as, as yeah, one ingre- of the top three. Yeah, ingredients are in quantity order. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the, the first ingredient is how that's the... Takes up the majority, yeah. And you'll be really surprised to see how often sugar crops up in the first um, first three ingredients. And they're quite clever as well. They they disguise the name names. So um, on our website, we've got a list of the other names that sugar comes up as because they hope people aren't going to notice. Which are what sucrose and, and glucose syrup and um, th- there's endless. Um, that's so wrong. There should be some kind of uniform. I mean, that's surely an obligation for clear labelling that they. Sh- but they sugar would they would sugar. argue that it is la- it is down as as a sugar. So um, yeah. So I just yeah. It's it definitely start checking labels. I would um, yeah become become aware of that. So your website is obviously full of great ideas. I I was having a look earlier. Um, I particularly like the idea of the one pot chicken. Mm. I think, you know, for me, a big part of cooking is if it then requires five pans and Mm. chopping boards and graters and all of this stuff. It's too much. You know, I'm very happy to cook. I'm not so keen on the washing up. So I quite like the idea of the the one pot chicken. Well, that's exactly why we did it. And a lot of our recipes are either pies, one pot dishes, curries. They can all be done as as one and then saved for later if you're going to be eating later not with your children um yeah that's exactly and soups it. too you yeah. know my children often will have soup at the end of the day because they've had a decent meal at soup mm, at yeah. school and they'll have soup and some bread and some it's a, and it's a brilliant weekend lunch as well um yeah soup's brilliant and you can use the, the bone stock as a base for that um what's uh, what are your favorite recipes what are your go-to recipes well, that enough, you find yourself one pot chicken I, I actually did on saturday for for me and some friends it wasn't for even for the children um mm. so uh, the one pot is quite a good one actually and and it, it all went so that was a goodie um the coconut chicken curry is my personal favorite a lot. yeah my husband thinks that's a real treat he's just and it takes about 10 minutes to make really? yeah and it, that's a brilliant one as well if you want to be um, serving dinner for friends you just mm. add some toasted flaked almonds on the top and some chopped coriander and they'll be very impressed mm. um and yeah. children love it coconut milk's really sweet um and it's got delicious spices to it it's not hot spicy so it's delicious that's a really good one to try 
Yeah, and I like the Persian chicken. Mm. I just it's it's sweet, but I love it. It's quite. I, I I remember we went to a cafe and I actually had Persian chicken when we were there, and I just didn't think for a moment the children would eat it because it was kind of brown and didn't look. You know, it was just chickeny kind of goo, and um and they all ate this kind of this Persian chicken, and I went home and recreated what I thought was what's what we what we mm. had, and ever since then they just love it. I think it's because it's got the kind of dried fruit in it, so it's got that sweetness. Um, quite fragrant, isn't it? Yeah, they, yeah, they they do really enjoy it. And favorite vegetarian, well, lentil shepherd's yeah, pie. Yeah, lentil shepherd's pie is, is a real winner. I, it's just one of those. Yeah, it, it just it, trust me if you yeah. make it. It's just one of those ones that it, you don't have to necessarily put all the ingredients in. Actually, recently I didn't. I think one of the ingredients on our website is um, parsnip. Didn't have that, so I just put celery and carrot in. But um, it's just really substantial, nice. and just ultimate comfort food. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's a really good point, actually. I think a lot of people are really intimidated by recipes and think, mm. oh, there's one thing that's missing there and I can't make it. Yeah, but no. actually, most things can be substituted. Yeah. Yeah. We'd really encourage you to be, yeah, to be, to be um, brave. Yeah, exactly. You can swap it in and out, veg- different vegetables. Just, yeah, I mean, our recipes, um, I'd say, are fairly foolproof, really. You know, you can't <laughs> but with, rec- I mean, it, with recipes in general, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're the, the cook. <laughs> you don't, you often, it's not like a science experiment. You no. don't have to be following no, every as long as you have a vague idea, idea of how, exactly. where it's going to end up yeah. Yeah. then you then you'll be fine i think the only time you need to be a little bit more on it is when you're doing baked things because yeah. normally there's a bit more alchemy to it yeah but no generally speaking if you're making a chicken one pot change the vegetables you know change to mm-hmm. make it what you like if you don't like parsnip don't put it in yeah. um use a duck yeah exactly exactly <laughs> be experimental um so yeah and you know you can always contact us ask us it's you know we're there so no, I think it's having yeah, confidence. Brave. Yeah, don't yeah, don't feel like you've got to be limited to what you've got in the cupboard yeah. in the fridge. Yeah. It's been so great chatting to both of you. I'm I'm inspired. My tummy is also rumbling after sort of talk of lentil shepherd's pie and uh, coconut chicken curry. Delicious. Um, do check out the Cooking Them Healthy website. It's cookingthemhealthy.com. You can just search Cooking Them Healthy. Um, are you guys on Instagram? Can yes, people follow yeah. you on Instagram? Yeah. What's your Instagram handle? Yeah, it's at cookthemhealthy. Yeah. Um, that you also do workshops, don't you? So you'll come and demo how to cook various things, and it's quite a nice sort of uh, social thing to do with maybe other kind of mum friends. Yes, absolutely. We we started our workshops to kind of showcase our supercharged recipes, which focus on specific boosting specific. Um, Ailments, yeah, supporting specific um, health issues. We started with our immune boosting, as, as I said, and then we've also got brain boosting, which focuses a lot on um, you know cognitive function, and then we've got skin nourishing and um gut health so um we um we've do typically do the immune boosting workshops in the autumn and the spring um and we've been recently doing the digestive health workshops which is brilliant because it it um introduces people to fermented foods which can be a bit daunting mm-hmm. and we show them how they can make them themselves um and talk about the benefits um and it's a it's a really enjoyable fun relaxed day and, and you get to taste loads of food as yeah, well so do you get to eat at all at you, the yeah, end you eat, come out full yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i stand up i cook everything in front of everybody and they always get everything is tasted then we have lunch and it's really nice it's normally mums and we just have a good old chat and it it it, it stops anyone being alienated by how difficult something could be most mums leave send us photos of their new shopping basket as soon as they've left yeah i think and quite, get quite inspired feel, yeah people feel quite motivated by them which is great yeah and if you see something being done you know it's doable yes absolutely yeah exactly Whilst giving chatting and giving people a little bit of, uh, we were talking about it earlier of empowerment feeling like they can actually make a bit of a difference especially if your child's ill and making you know it's not nice seeing your baby's ill at any time but making sure that you're doing something that you know makes 
it makes a bit of a difference yeah um it's, it's a really nice feeling and joe if people are listening um and want to chat to you one-on-one about specific issues where can they get in touch with you yeah well i um see clients at my clinic which is based in berkshire but i also do skype consultations um so if you're interested in a consultation or having a chat um you can contact me um via the nature doc website which is www.naturedoc.co.uk well, we'll put all these websites on the episode notes. But thank you both so much for joining us. Um, thank you for listening to another episode of The Parenthood. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. It really does help people find us. And if you're enjoying our podcast, do spread the word about The Parenthood amongst your friends. Word of mouth is a very powerful resource to us. We're also always on the lookout for more podcast ideas. So do get in touch if you want us to cover a specific subject. The best way is Instagram. We're at theparent.hood or email us at the bump class. We're info at the bump But in the meantime, from all of us here in the studio, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.